Thanks for checking out the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. To find out more about us, visit our website at iloveelevate.com. You can also stay up to date with what's going on by finding us on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. We hope you enjoy this message and it brings you closer to Jesus. Um, Because he didn't want her to think differently of him or, you know, she'd start demanding things, right? Like if Billy told me all of a sudden we have tons of money, I'd be like, okay, cool, let's do the fence now then. You know, like, so he didn't want that to happen with his wife. And he doesn't tell a soul, but he loves and treasures that diamond. And so the new story goes on that this man dies. And then when he dies, people find a letter. And in the letter, he talks about the diamond and how rich it would make him and his family, how much he treasured it so much that he hid it so well. But in the letter, it does not say, this letter that this man writes, it does not say, it doesn't say where he put it, where it is, how to get to it, or how his family could actually use it. Because see, shortly after this man died of a a lingering illness, his family became bankrupt, And they no longer had their middle-class house. And they're living in Indonesia where there isn't really a poverty-based system that would help you out, like a welfare-based system that would give you food and shelter, which is what we do in America when people can't afford food. We're like, here, we're going to help you. Like, we don't want you to go without groceries. Well, they don't have that. So his family's starving. They're homeless. They're on the streets. And if this man would have just at one moment opened his mouth and told someone where this great treasure was... He would have saved his family because as they're writing this new story, the diamond still hasn't been found. So no one knows where it's at. And his family, they're lost. They're hopeless. Some are homeless. All are impoverished. They're hungry. They're cold at night if it's cold. They're hot at night if it's hot. They don't have protection from the elements. Because this man, during his living years, never once opened his mouth and said, Here's what I have, and I want to tell you about it. And so there they are, living their most miserable existence, because he didn't say a word. So that isn't really a true news story. I just made that up. But it was good. If that would have really happened, wouldn't that be amazing? But here's here's the kicker. I know. I didn't even read a news story today at work. Booyah, I was so busy. Um, Here's the thing. So the title tonight is, What If We Told the World? Because, see, y'all are all really sad for that man's family. Like, none of y'all are talking. Y'all are the quietest I've ever seen when I've been up here. So good job for that. Keep that going for the next 20 minutes. But what if we told the world? See, because you were sad that his family was cold and hungry, and they were out on the streets, and they'd lost their house. And if you had just told them about the diamond, right, their whole lives would have been different. But see, here's the thing, that if you're in this room tonight, and you've probably been in here other nights, you know about a treasure far greater than that man's diamond that you could tell the world about. And we're doing the same thing. We're like, well, I don't know what this person is going to say if I tell them about my diamond, Jesus. So I'm going to hold back. And I will one day. I'm going to save it, though. And then one day never comes, and they're hopeless and hungry for Jesus, they're thirsty for Jesus, and you don't care enough to say, hey, let me tell you about the greatest thing, the greatest person ever, 
ever, ever, ever. And I say you don't care enough, and I don't care enough. Because here's the thing. Last week at this time, my husband and I uh, were on vacation. And um, we, we like, two, two and a half weeks ago, we scheduled this vacation. Okay, just me and him, no kids. It was amazing because it was just me and him, and there were no people with us. And so, so here's the thing. Um, so our friend says, well, if you're going, so the place we went was a little island called Maui, one of the Hawaiian islands. And so she's like, oh, if you're going to Maui, you have to get this book. It's called Maui Revealed. And I'm like, well, okay. So I tuck it in my bag in, in typical style. I don't even open it until we um, really were on the plane. And I'm like, reading all this stuff about this Hawaiian island. And um, it tells us where you could go that no one would know about this waterfall if you're on mile three on this one place. So the very first morning, we wake up at 3 a.m. Because there's like a five-hour, six-hour time difference. And so it's 3 a.m. and we're wide awake. And we're like... Okay, day one of vacation is 3 a.m. What are we going to do? Well, let's go explore Hawaii, right? So that's what we do. We're out of the, I don't know. I don't know where Billy's sitting next. I can't see him. Okay. Um, okay, so we're out. Like, we're out and about by, like, it was maybe 4.30 a.m. And we're, like, out and ready for our day to start. We're just, like, we're on vacation. Why are we out in Hawaii at 4.30 a.m.? But we were going to find all the secret waterfalls that the book told us about. So, like, we start our path, and we, we tried to find the first one, and we couldn't because it was probably still, like, a little dark, and no one else was looking for waterfalls at, like, 4.30 a.m. But then the second one we found. Okay, so we, like, hiked down to this waterfall, and it's amazing. And there's only one other. There were two other people there with us. And they had the same book as us. And, we're, and they were like, we saw your book on your dashboard of your car. And, okay, this story's true. The first story was a lie about the diamond. But this one's true. So listen listen carefully. So I'm like, you have Maui revealed? And they're like, yeah. That's how we knew about this secret waterfall. <laughs> okay, I'm not making this up. And so we're all pumped. We took their pictures. They took our pictures at the secret waterfall. So then we go down the road some more to a different waterfall. And we get out the car, we hike down. But this one, everybody knew about. So there was like 100 people at the waterfall. And they're like, yeah, we don't need a picture there because we had a private one that no one knew about. It was really cool. And so we used this book like the entire trip. It told us everything we needed to know. It told us, so we paid to go on a snorkeling excursion where you could snorkel with like sea turtles and over coral and different tropical fish. So we each paid $120 to go on this snorkeling expedition. So that's like 240 bucks. That's a lot of money. But in our book, it told us how to get to the same spots by foot that the boat took you to for $120. So we actually snorkeled four other times for free in the same exact spots that people were paying $120 to get to because we read the book. And we're like, look, and now we revealed, it says, here, just go down this place. Anyway, point being, the book never left my hands. So much so that at one point of the trip, Billy's like, would you quit reading it and talk to me? Because all the places we're going to are cool, but, you know, we're supposed to be talking to each other. And um, and literally, we've probably told, I don't know, 20 to 30 people in one week about the goodness of that book. Because we would meet people, and, and they'd be like, yeah, we, we went snorkeling. We didn't get to swim with the sea turtle. And we're like, yeah, we swam with like 100. And they're like, really? Which excursion did you go on? And we, well, we went for free at mile walker 18 past the left bridge. You go down this side. And they're like, how do you know that? And we're like, well, we read this book. It's called Maui Revealed. And it's telling us the greatest things to do. And so on the plane ride home, Billy's like talking. We, we got separated on the plane ride home. So he's talking to these two ladies like, I, I'm not because I'm sleeping because we kept waking up early every single morning. And um, so I'm sleeping. Billy's like talking away to these two ladies that he's sitting by. I'm like, what were you telling him about? You talked for like an hour to these people that you don't know. He's like, well, I told them about Maui Revealed in the book. 
and how it told us really good places to go because they didn't swim with any sea turtles. I'm like, okay, like, I know, just just keep hanging with me. So we get home, and my parents um, are at my house. They had watched my kids and my sister's kids all week, so they had 10 kids all week long um, at our house. So they were happy that we were back home because then they only had four and not six of ours. And, um, so anyway, so my parents say, yeah, we're thinking about going to Hawaii. And I'm all like, hold on, hold on. I'm like, get, get, no, we're going through my luggage. And so I give my mom the book because I'm like, yeah, you have to have this book. If you're going, you have to have this book. So, and like, you know, I just was talking to Mr. Billy about it on the way right before he left the house. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, because I'm talking about the importance of that book on vacation. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, because I told everybody about it like 30 people probably that week alone. I gave away my copy. When is the last time Jamie Dishman has given away, well, I would never give you my personal Bible right now because it has my notes in it, <laughs> but I gave away my Maui Revealed book with my notes in it. But I, I've never given away a Bible in years, y'all. Except to the ladies at jail, but they're like trapped and they have to listen to me and they have to like, oh, it's different there. I do give them Bibles. But like, when is the last time I said, hold on, I've got something so good for you that it's about to change your life. Here's a Bible. This changed my life and it could change yours. Are you struggling with depression, grief, anxiety, fear? Look, I've got something for you. Like, y'all, it's been years since I've given away a Bible as freely as I gave away my Maui Revealed book. And that book was precious to me. It even had little notes of things we liked the best, things we wouldn't do again. And I'm like, here, here it is, Mom. Because I wanted her to know how good it could be if she went. I really want my dad to take her. So I'm like, you know, convincing him hard. But when's the last time I did the same thing with the Word of God that I say means more than life to me? When's the last time I've told 30 people in one week about Jesus? Y'all, if I did 30 people... Oh, look, that's my book. Oh, no. Okay, no, really, if you go to Hawaii, just get it. But only if you go to Maui, because there's other islands. So then, like, if you go to Oahu, you get Oahu revealed. Okay, there's that. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, I told 30 people about this book that you don't even care about. Like, really, Billy told people in the gift shop about it. Because they were like, well, these souvenirs are so expensive. Well, the book tells you about a souvenir on this road. shop on this road where you can get seven t-shirts for 20 bucks. Like, great deal. You know, like that kind of stuff. We just so freely gave it out. Because it was so good to us. So tonight's lesson is this. What if we told the world? What if you're the man with the diamond who has the best thing to tell others? And you're so consumed in what people might think if you tell them you're a diamond that you're scared to tell them anything else. What if we became like the person on vacation who says, I have the best thing in the world to tell you, and I'm going to tell you about it whether you want to hear or not. And look, I'm even going to give you the book to show you the way. What if we told the world? What would that look like? You know, and so there's a verse that we often use, and it's a good verse. It's Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. And we think of this as the Great Commission. It's the Great Command. You need to go. You've got to go. Jesus said to go, and it is a command. And to think of it as anything other than a command from Jesus to go and tell the world is, is, is not right thinking. But tonight I want to challenge you to think of it as your joy. You don't have to go tell the world. You do. 
but it is your joy. It's your great honor. Like, it was a great joy to me to give my mom my book because I love my mom. She just watched all my six kids for a week. Y'all, she did things like conference with teachers, took care of problems. They fixed my island, my lawnmower. Like, just different, my island and my kitchen. Um, anyway, they just fixed things. While, while, they're, while they're watching my six kids, they fixed my house. And so it was my great joy to give my mom my book. And so there's another verse that says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, and when a man found it, he hid it again. Then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. It wasn't a burden to him to tell to go sell everything he had. It was his joy. And then when we're telling the world, isn't it, isn't it our joy to get to tell your next door neighbors? And don't give me the line of I go to home Christian and everybody's a Christian. First of all, not everyone there is a Christian. Second of all, some of you don't go to home Christian. Third of all, you all have neighbors and relatives. And good grief, tell the lady at the supermarket if you don't have anyone else who's not a Christian in your life. Get a non-Christian friend. Not who's going to drag you down. Not who's going to tell you to go out and do bad things. But one who you can pour into and say, it is my great joy to tell you about Jesus. It is my great honor. That's what I'm here for. Not for anything else. Because the gospel we're trying to tell people about is so good. It's better than Maui Revealed. Okay? Like, Maui Revealed is number two on the list. The Bible's number one right now. But, like, if you know, we always have a number two book. This week, it's Maui Revealed. Next week, it's going to be historical fiction. Next week, it'll be some random thing. I just read a history of the Catholic Church, and that's, like, a whole other thing, and that's fascinating. But it is our great joy and our great, great honor. So... When I thought, I don't have that much to say tonight. I got, I was tired and, you know, work is work. And Do it, Grace. I care. Um, I called my friends. I called, I called some friends. Some, most answered, and some didn't. So then I called their husbands. That's all right. If you don't answer my call, I will get to you one way or the other. And I asked these people, I said, hey, what is one thing you wish somebody would have told you in high school about Jesus? Because these people came from uns- mostly came from unsaved families. They didn't know about Jesus. So my first friend I called was Maria Alvarez. She's um, she, she was Catholic. Her salvation age is twenty. I sent in a picture. I don't know if we can pull those up or not. I did email in some pictures. Oh look, that's Maria. She's pro life. Okay, um, that's my friend Maria. And so I called her and I said, hey. I need you. And she thought I had a work question because she works with us. And I was like, is this like personal? Do you have a minute? She's like, oh, good grief. Because I'm her boss. It's awkward. Where's she about to ask me? And I went, no, no, it's about Jesus. So that was cool. She thought it wasn't like a work issue. And so here's what Maria said. I was like, if you could tell a bunch of high schoolers and middle schoolers, what's one thing you wish somebody would have told you? Because you didn't get saved till you were 20. No one had told you about Jesus until you were, until you were 20. And she said this. She said, I just wish somebody would have told me that he wasn't just up there and that he wasn't just big and far away, that he's someone you can be a friend with, that he's just so forgiving. You just have to repent. You have to be genuinely sorry, but he's so good at loving you and being with you. And she said this. She said, I felt like sometimes when I did sin that I had this tally mark by my name. I always felt guilty. And I need y'all to know, Maria's like the nicest person you'll ever meet. Like, if you compare me and her on this little balance scale of who's nicer, on the nicest level, she's here. And I'm like, she is so kind and so nice. And the thing is, she was really kind and nice before she became a Christian. But she always felt guilty. There's people walking around you at your schools 
who feel like they just have tally marks, like, well, you did this wrong, and you did this wrong. And if you could simply find it your great joy to open your mouth and tell that friend something like this, First in Psalm 103, just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He's a good father and he's compassionate. You don't have to know it by heart, but you could say something like this. Hey, there's this really cool verse that talks about God being a good father and he's really compassionate. And I don't know where it is, but if we Google it, I know we can find it. That's all it takes. She's like, I just wish, Jamie. And she talked for about five minutes, and I just took that one clip, but she said, I just wish someone would have said, he wasn't up there counting every single sin against me, that he was literally dying to come in and take my place and say, you were so loved, and I'm not holding it against you. And so now, see, her, her life has been changed, but she said, I wish someone would have told me when I was 16 or 17 or 18 or 19 and living under such great guilt. And so my next friend that I called was um, is uh, Shane Bradley, because his wife didn't answer. So we got Mr. Shane. He grew up Jehovah's Witness. He got saved at 43 years old. And um, he was older when he got saved. He recently got saved about five years ago. And so uh, I have a picture of him. And this is what he said. He said this. No one tried to tell me about Jesus. Because I'm someone's like, you were 43 years old, Shane. Did anyone ever tell you about Jesus? And he said, no one ever tried to tell me about Jesus. For 43 years, if you do 43 times 365, that's like 12,000-something. No one witnessed. I was so far away that no one around me even talked about that kind of stuff. Like, they weren't even casually talking about Jesus. I was just completely partying and this and that. Really? I was just into my party life, so no Christian ever came around me because heaven forbid we would go talk to a sinner about Jesus Christ for 43 long years right and he said this it would have changed the trajectory of my life if someone would have told me about Jesus because see his life involved infidelity it involved drugs it involved jail there's a lot of 43 years of junk he has to still sort through because no one ever told him for 43 years. And when he said that, my heart broke. So I thought, who am I standing around that's 43 years old who has not once had someone say, but Jesus loves you so much that he's better than drugs. He's better than sex. He is better than anything you are fighting so hard to win. Don't let your friends go for 43 years. And no one says Jesus is so good. Because, see, you could have just told him maybe a verse like this in First John, something like this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. This is what love is, Shane. It's not drugs. It's not sex. Jesus Christ is love when he died on the cross for you. Boom, done. And then someone would have told him about Jesus. So my next friend, Courtney Kibito, she grew up atheist slash Baptist. That's what she said. I don't know what that means exactly. But I think it means something like this. You call yourself Baptist, but really your family doesn't believe in God. And they say mean things about him all the time. And she got saved when she was 21 years old. And this is um, what she said. She said, I think as an adolescent, I felt like you would choose either to be Christian or not. And if you chose Christian, well then, that meant you had to live under a lot of rules and you got blessed if you did all the right things. See, because no one had stepped in and told 
Miss Courtney Kibideau for 21 years about the grace of God. That is not a system of blessing versus no blessing versus she's good and she's not. For the Bible says this, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that one's an easy one to memorize. And when someone's feeling like that, we could share that and say that. And then Miss Satomi Hutchinson. Um, she was a casual Buddhist. I was like, what's a casual Buddhist, Miss Satomi? And she said this. She was like, well, it's like we went to Bo- the Buddhist temple twice a year. It's like for Easter and Christmas, because like, I think for us, it'd be like being a casual, considering yourself Christian. She's like, we were Buddhists. That's what we were. Or she got saved at age 20, and um, she said this. I wish somebody would have just told me there was a God. That there's someone higher than me. That I don't have to keep seeking. She said it like this. That, like she didn't have to keep seeking inward. You know, Buddhism's a lot about your inner peace and finding your inner self and these sorts of things. Because really on the inside, she was dying to know that someone was higher than her. And she said, I wish I'd have known that there was someone who knows me and loves me no matter what. She said, I didn't even think about if there was a God. If there was one, he didn't matter to me. It had nothing to do with me. I didn't know he knows who I am and that he created me. And she said, I wish people would have told me I could talk to God. And he loves you and he hears you. There's someone out there who listens to you and cares about you. I had no idea I could talk to God. And so maybe if you have a friend like Miss Satomi who considers themselves Buddhist, you know, um, maybe believe in this like meditation versus prayer, that sort of thing. Like if you're hanging out at a yoga studio and there's someone who doesn't believe in God, but they believe that this meditational sort of thing, well, there's a moment where God's going to provide for you to say, but there is a God who's higher than you. And good things don't come from in here. They come from up there. And his name is Jesus. And maybe even a verse like Deuteronomy 33, verse 27, that the eternal God is your refuge and underneath is his everlasting arms. Like that's where you get to run to because I don't want to run to myself on my worst days. Mr. Satomi said, I felt like I was the only person I could run to. No. Like on my bad days, I don't want to run to Jamie Dishman. I need to run to Jesus because he's my help and my source and my provider and he's good. But see, she didn't know that for 20 years. So next is Billy Dishman because he always answers my calls. Um, I have a picture. Do we have Billy's picture to put up? Yes, no, maybe. Oh, look, look, look. Okay, hold on. They have a better one. No. Okay, I don't. That was good, though. Okay, that's that. Oh, look. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Do you see us alone at the beach? Because we knew about the Red Sand Beach and how to get there, and a lot of people didn't just throwing that out there. Um, there were crowded beaches in Hawaii, but not the ones we found. Um, so he was Catholic. <laughs> I was going to tell you he was an altar boy, and he goes, was not an altar boy, but I like saying he was because he was like president of the Catholic Charities Youth Group and all this other stuff. And, but apparently not an altar boy. Said this, I was very, very vulgar. I wish someone had just told me how much my words were defining me. He said all my religion was a lie. I felt like I had blinders on my whole life. I didn't even know the real things about Jesus. Like I didn't even know he had brothers. And he said this, I went through all of the sacraments and confirmation and baptism, but I didn't really understand any of it. I wish this, I wish someone would have told me that Jesus would fill all my emptiness. Or someone would have told me that he would put the feelings back into my empty motions. 
There was an emptiness inside of me that only Jesus could fill. No one in my entire high school ever told me about Jesus. He went to high school of about a thousand people. And of those thousand people, I guarantee you there are Christians. And if you know Billy, you know that he's like talking to everybody in the high school. He talked to Christians, and they never once in all of his 20 years told him about Jesus. Even his best friend, who was raised in a Christian household, and to this day doesn't talk to Billy about Jesus because it's not real important to him. Because he never said the word of Jesus Christ to him. Because see, what if just one person would have said something like this to Billy Dishman at 16 years old? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Billy, you don't need sacraments and you don't need empty religion. You need Jesus. Maybe he would have laughed in their face or maybe he'd have gotten saved at 16 and saved the heartache of all those years. It probably would have been worth the risk. And then Tanya Liner. So she said she got saved at age because she was sort of kind of raised in church. And she said, but she didn't really come to Christ again and start living as a disciple until she was 24. So she said from about 14 to 24, she did exactly whatever she wanted. And she said this, because she didn't really have any Christian friends. It was a small church, and there wasn't really any people her age. And here we are in a room full of people our age. And she said, I wish someone my age would have told me the value of saving myself for marriage. She said, even growing up in a non-denominational church, I never had anyone, anyone drilling that into me, that it's so important to me now. And I wish I would have had a Christian friend who would have loved me enough to tell me what true love means. Because there are moments that are hard moments when we're called to not just tell the world about Jesus, but to turn around and also tell our Christian friends, you're living for the wrong thing, sweet sister. If you think that boy is going to give you the fulfillment that you're looking for, you're wrong. And I love you enough to tell you that saving yourself for marriage is precious and right and good and pure and true and lovely. And this thing you're living for right here isn't. And you can live there if you want to, and I'm still going to love you. But you would love yourself and Jesus a whole lot more to be living here and lining up with his word. So my question for you tonight, as you start off your e-groups, I just have one e-group question for you. It's this. What if we told the world? What if Elevate walked out of these doors and we all said, I'm just going to tell one person this week. And y'all, this is on me. I haven't come home and told a single person about Jesus. I told 30 people about Maui Revealed last week, and here I am back in Louisiana, and I've told zero people about the Book of Life. Zero. My total on Wednesday is zero. Shane Bradley said something. He texted me later and said this. He's like, you know, I thought of this. He said, if someone would have told me about Jesus as our treasure... And he's the guy who was 43 years old. He said, how much more treasure would be in our lives now? And he met him in his family's lives. How many more people could Shane have told about Jesus if he'd been saved at 20 instead of 43? Because someone would have said, Shane, you're in a bar getting drunk, but I have the ultimate high, and his name is Jesus. And if you just let me tell you about him, it could change your world forever. Because see, now he's 43, and he looks back and thinks, there's so many friends that I've never told about Jesus because I don't see them anymore. But oh, the treasure that would have been had 
if someone would have said the name of Jesus. And so my challenge to us, to me, it's me, it's you, it's all of us, but maybe someone of you are amazing and you told 30 people about Jesus this week and if you did, share that with your e-group. But if you didn't, then this question is for you. What if you told the world? So when I was driving over here, I had Billy bring all the kids and oh, and I asked myself, and I, you know, we just do the insert your name thing. What if Jamie Dishman told the world? Because I haven't. This week or last week or the week before that. It's so easy to tell you guys about Jesus because you love me and you clap for me and whatever I say you're going to agree with. But there are people around me who don't agree with what I have to say or with what the Bible says and I'm so scared to tell them because I'm like, well, I don't want to ruin the relationship. And Jesus is like except that I'm better than any relationship you could ever have outside of me. What if Jamie Dishman told the world? Well, I might have fewer friends. That's okay. I might um, have people think I'm odd. It's okay. Some people think that anyway, and I haven't even told them about Jesus. Maybe it might take away time from my busy day. Gee, because work is really that important, isn't it, Jamie? Because it consumes me a lot of days. Because I'm quick to tell you if you come into my store what, what matches with what and blah, 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 blah. What if I told you about Jesus? He loves you so much and he's so much better. He's so much better than the beautiful house you're building. It's going to be beautiful, but Jesus is better. I'm not quite sure how to end. Other than this, you need to ask yourself, what if you told the world? Who is out there that Jesus has said, but that one's yours? Don't be the man with the diamond who doesn't tell a soul and leaves people dying and impoverished. That's not worth it. You've got the greatest treasure, the greatest gift, the greatest thing. And if you told the world, I can promise you this. All the angels in heaven would be standing and isn't that what you want? The angels would say, I can't do what you're about to do. I can't go tell the world. It's your job. But I'm here with you. And all that heavenly host stand behind you. When Elijah was so scared and thought there was no one left, no one to witness, no one, God opened his eyes in the Old Testament. And there were angels on every mountain in every area. And God said, you are not alone. And I have a feeling that if you get scared to witness and God would miraculously open your eyes and say, God, I'm so alone here. Hey, I'm, I'm at a public school and no one loves Jesus. He would say, but there are angels all around waiting for you to change someone's destiny. If you step into it, the angels go with you. But if you step out and back away, that's when you're really at your most alone. And how we long to have the host of heaven on our side. We like to sing about it here where it's safe. How the God of angel armies is always on our side. He is. He's saying, open your mouth. I'm ready to send out my best fighters for you to win souls, to give me glory, to live in eternity with him. There is no greater joy. So let's pray. God, you're always so good. 
help me to tell the world of your goodness, God. Gotta repent of closing my mouth when you said to open it. Gotta pray that we would look at ourselves tonight through honest lenses. See, have we told the world? And what would happen if we did? God, I pray that you'd reveal to us the angels who are fighting for us. God, we're saying, if you would just open your mouth, I'm ready to move hearts. God, prepare hearts of people that you put in our path, that they would be ready for your word, ready for who you are, ready to know the goodness of God. Let the goodness of God not just be a song that we sing, but let it be what we say when we open our mouths. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name we pray. Amen.